Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. She's a five-time Asian Games medalist. She's an NCAA All-American, University of California, Berkeley. Coming to us today from Hong Kong, we've got Camille Chang. Camille, how's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. First of all, you're in Hong Kong. I, I don't think that was always the plan leading up to this Olympic Games. Um, tell me tell me about your current situation, just swimming-wise, living-wise. What's it been like being in Hong Kong uh, for this stint? Yeah, so I was um, in Virginia training with Sergio um, at Virginia Tech with a group of postgrads. Um, I moved there in September of last year and um, really enjoyed it. So kind of kept extending my stay. Um, and then towards the end, the goal was, or the idea was to stay there until, you know, Tokyo. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, I ended up coming back in March because um, at the time we still had our Olympic trials set for April. Um, and with the COVID situation in Hong Kong was still relatively contained. So um, we were hoping that we would still have the opportunity to race and then, you know, everything being postponed. So um, with everything going on, um, actually a lot of um, my teammates that were training overseas for Hong Kong ended up all being back here. So um, luckily we've kind of formed a, a little Hong Kong team group here, which has been really, really fun actually, since most of the time we only see each other at competitions. Um, so it's been nice to see each other, you know, on a daily basis and train together. And yeah. Nice. I mean, yeah, that, that seems like a real <clears throat> win, especially just to have teammates, to have those teammates <laughs> and um, to be working towards that common goal. Um, I, let's, let's take it back a little bit. Um, yeah. During quarantine um, has, has this, you know, what's the situation been like in Hong Kong in terms of how able are you to move around or leave, or leave your, you know, apartment or house? And um, how, I mean, emotionally, physically, how has this affected you? Yeah, I would say um, in terms of access to training facilities, we've been fortunate enough that um, like our sports institute has stayed open um, most of the time. The only exception is that we've had some like lockdown training bubbles, meaning that we can go in um, and stay there and just, you know, eat, train, sleep um, on site, but then we can't leave. Um, and once we leave, then we're not allowed back in um, until um, we get, you know, government approval to open up. Um, just because all gyms, all pools, you know, all sport facilities in Hong Kong have been closed. And right now we're going into our fourth wave. So just closed up again. Um, oh, man. When I first got back, because I was coming back from the US, we all have to quarantine two weeks, um, no matter, you know, where you're coming from. And so um, because of that, we weren't, I wasn't allowed to go into the first training bubble. Um, and then things calmed down. So we were able to get back into training. 
And then we then had another training bubble, um, which I decided to go in. Um, and I was there for, I think, almost five weeks. Um, and after five weeks, this is like when the mental side comes in. I was like, I can't do it anymore. Um, and I think what's been the hardest thing for me is just not really having a competition. So I think the motivation has been really hard. Um, you know, we'll have a competition set and then, you know, sometimes even two weeks out, it's like, oh, it's canceled. So um, I think that's been the hardest part for me is just, you know, like, I like to train because I like to have a competition to train for. Um, and without that, it's been a bit tough. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> for you, is the Olympic qualification process already complete or is that still to be determined? Um, so we will still have, so for Hong Kong, it's a bit different. We don't have like a one trials. That's like the deciding me mm -hmm. um, we kind of take the, like the time frame that we're, you know, that you have to get the A cup, for example. Um, and then we'll have maybe one or two taper meets that we target for um, to get the A cup. So for me, it was, you know, our April meet is usually one of the targets. And then kind of like, depending on how that goes, then we, you know, plan for that. Um, as of right now, our relay qualified at Worlds last year. So we have a spot um, already in. Um, and so now for me, it's ideally getting that bonus a cut. Um, I'm aiming for the hundred free right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, and like you said, competitions are, are weird, man. <laughs> they're, they're in, they're in a very <laughs> odd spot. I mean, pretty much everywhere. Um, was, was the ISL an option, a consideration for you at all? Um, I think not really. Um, I think I just, I, I mean, I like the whole idea of it and the fact that there's more opportunities for swimmers. Um, but for me, I just, I think I'm reaching like the end of my swimming career. So I um, was just kind of like focusing more on the Olympics and, you know, having like a good training um, for that really. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> definitely. And so with this, um, you know, in your mind right now being your final Olympics, let's, let's talk about your previous Olympics. Um, was, was Rio your first games? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Rio was my first games. Yeah. Um, and yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say that, um, I had just graduated from Cal in 2015. So I stayed an extra year to train. We had a small post-grad group. Um, and then kind of after that Olympics was when I came back to Hong Kong to train for, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, so, so you finished Cal in 2015. Um, so leading into Rio, what were your thoughts on how you wanted to perform at the meet and, and, what you were thinking uh, about your career after that meet. Yeah, I think it's like, it's still um, like just my whole swimming journey has been quite like, I think I've taken swimming like way further than, further than I ever imagined. Um, I sometimes share that I was living in Beijing actually during the 2008 Olympics. Um, and I was able to watch like as a spectator and 
just thinking like, oh, the dream, you know, how cool would it be to be on the other side and like actually compete? Um, and then I feel like- Was there like, a particular race that you like, do you, that you remember or had an impact on you or? I think it was just like seeing Michael Phelps getting like eight gold. <laughs> it was just like, wow, that's so impressive. I mean, still to this day, crazy. Um, and then I, you know, I still kind of feel like so, so lucky that I ended up at Cal because I was technically a walk-on. Um, and, you know, being there and training Hold alongside. On. Yeah. Uh, can, can, can we get into that a little bit? Oh, what, yeah. I mean, you were technically, so this is, you get there in 2010, 11, 11. Uh, yeah. and you're technically a walk-on. What, is, what does that mean? So because I grew up, um, like at the time I was living in Beijing, so I didn't really know anything about the U.S. college recruiting system at all. So I had, I have family in California. So my dad was like, okay, I think that's where you should go to school. So it was my senior year, I think December when I started contacting coaches and like, I had no idea about all this like NLI stuff. Um, and like a few colleges messaged me back and were like, oh, sorry, like our roster is already full. Um, and then really the only two that showed it interests were Cal and Stanford um and I did have some experience <laughs> it's not training. a bad two to oh, show no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but I so I had swam with PASA um over mm -hmm. summers um and so I think Tony coach Tony there helped me a bit understand you know the process a bit more and I ended up doing two um like visiting the campus that Christmas um, of my senior year and my dad went to Stanford. So I think there was a lot of like, Oh, Stanford, Stanford. And I grew up going to like Stanford swimming camps. Um, but then when I went to Cal and I met the team and I think what I remember most was really like, they didn't really ask me anything swimming related. You know, they were asking me about me and my background and they were like, Oh wait, you're half French and you're half, you know, Chinese and just, um, I thought that, you know, that was quite impactful for me. Um, and so pretty much I waited until like regular admission until I found out in what, I guess, April or March or April. And then I just said, oh, I'm, I'm coming to Cal. <laughs> so technically, I guess it's a walk on. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I, did, I, had, I had no idea really what I was getting myself into at the time. I had no idea what it meant to win a national championship. I had no idea who I would be coached by or training alongside. Um, yeah, so I think it was a little bit of a shock and I think I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? <laughs> um, but it was also, I think, because of my time there that I really had the opportunity to really learn and absorb from you know my teammates, the coaches, the staff, and kind of was like, okay, maybe I can actually get to the Olympics one day and um, even having the courage to share that with my coach and just to be like, you know, like I would love to go and I'm like, okay, like then you need to do, you know, put the work in. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad we're here. I wanted to, I wanted to get here eventually in the conversation, but I'm glad we started here. Um, so coming into Cal, <clears throat> as you said, is a te technically as a walk on, how did you view yourself as a swimmer? 
Um, oh, that's a good question. I think, I just, I don't know, like, I just felt like lucky to be there really. And I was just like, okay, just put in the work. Like this is an opportunity to get better. Um, and, you know, I felt like I can only get better. I had come from a background where we didn't really train or I didn't really train much, you know, I, so I had to get used to a lot of things like swimming doubles was very new to me. And so I was more just like, everybody talks about, oh, how was like the academics? I was like, no, the academics really was fine. It was just the swimming that was so tough for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was, so my follow-up to that was going to be, what was your swimming background like in high school? And, you know, a, a lot of high school swimmers or high school is around that time where you start to develop that um, that image of yourself as a swimmer, right? You start telling your friends, oh, I'm a swimmer. And no, I can't go to such and such on Friday evening because I have swim practice Saturday morning, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So it sounds like it sounds like your relationship with swimming was a little more casual until you got to Cal. I mean, I would still say I was, you know, there was a strong identity in high school is like, oh, Camille, mm-hmm. the swimmer. Um, but I think just because of the culture of swimming and the environment that I was training in, it just wasn't at, like what you would find in the U.S., you know. On the, I mean, I was lucky enough that I was able to train with um, the club team to kind of really see, you know, the seriousness and all of that. And I think I took a lot of that back with me and tried to, you know, doing that um, in Beijing in high school. But I just think it was quite hard. Like not many people from my high school pursue like collegiate sports. Um, so I think I just didn't have the guidance. I, and, you know, ne- not necessarily the environment for that. Um, so I think I do, you know, I still have the identity as a swimmer, but maybe not the same kind of <laughs> training background as most people in the U.S. do. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And so, I mean, yeah, so you get to Cal, you have to adjust to doubles. Um, I mean, take me, tell me a little bit more about that freshman season and, and how you were able to adjust to that hard swimming schedule, because that I'm sure I've, I feel like for most swimmers, a collegiate schedule is a bit of a shock to the system. But if, you know, like you said, you're not even used to, to doubles and um, I don't know the exactly the intensity of the cow program, but you know, y- you were national champions. So I'm guessing you guys put in some pretty good work and um, yeah. Tell me about that adjustment. Yeah. Um, I think so. A couple of things came to mind. Um, one was, I think I've always felt like I'm more of a racer than a trainer. So like I struggled a lot, like making the intervals and like being lapped and like, oh, one time just not knowing my yards time. So like what my 200 pace should be and said something like, oh, like maybe 30 seconds per 50, <laughs> which like long course is not bad, but short course yards is <laughs> not that great. So um, I think it just was like a lot of adjustment in understanding um, the philosophy, um, the culture. And I think, you know, now it's really become kind of like, even to this day, how I view swimming. And, um, you know, a lot, the training was very untraditional. Terry was, was very creative. Um, and I think 
the idea, like, I think we always knew why we were doing something. Um, and also that um, it was very like quality over quantity, which, you know, I think, thank God, because if I had gone to a program where it was a lot of yardage, I really don't think I would have made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's, it seems, it seems good. It, I'm, you know, it seems like a, a hard transition, but one that you made successfully. And so when did, was there a moment in there in some time during your time at Cal where you're like, where it kind of clicked or there was the light bulb and you were kind of like, okay, I, I belong here. I can hang with these girls. Yeah, I think, um, so my freshman year, I ended up making MCs. Um, and so I think, you know, before the meet, we kind of like, you know, for team bonding and stuff. And I remember like, I think my coach had considered me like the dark horse. And I think that's kind of stuck with me since. Um, and I think that's kind of what I needed to be like, okay, you're on the right track. Like, just keep going. Like you just, you know, you just started, you're just getting started. You have so much to, to improve on. But I think um, I would say technically my breakout year or summer would have been um, the summer after my junior year going into my senior year. Um, and I think at that point, I had just gotten comfortable with um, the training, the team, and I felt a lot more confident in myself, not just as a swimmer, but as a, but as a person. Um, and I think a lot of it too was, I was elected one of the co-captains. And I think to me, that was um, really special that, you know, I, I tend to be a bit more quiet and um, reserved. And for somebody to think of me as having leadership qualities was quite um, empowering. And I, and I think kind of from then it was like, okay, um, you know, it's just one more year to maybe go to the Olympics. I'm not too far off. So why not just give it a shot? Um, and here I am <laughs> still four years later. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So first off, who was, who was your other co-captain? Um, so there were th three of us my year. So one was Melanie Claren. And then one was Caroline Peel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know if, yeah, yeah. Backstroke freestyle. <laughs> I, re <laughs> I, I remember the names and yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just curious. That's, you know, three for you swim nerds out there. Um, there you go. There's a, there's a piece of trivia. 2015, 14, 15 Cal captains. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you have that breakout summer um, after your junior year, like you said, you, you gain that confidence. When was the discussion with Terry, I'm assuming when, when you had, when you told her, I think the Olympics is something I want to, you know, shoot for. Yeah, I think it's, it's quite blurry. <laughs> um, but I think like, as I was, you know, in my senior year, and then there was a lot of talk about, you know, is who's going to stay for post-grad, you know, I think I, it was just kind of a conversation of, yes, this is what I'm going to do. And I would love if I can continue training here. And at the time it was Melanie and Caitlin Leverins and Dana Volmer. So us four kind of had a little uh, post-grad group. Um, but I think maybe like, I just have this one memory. I don't really know the timeline, but it was just being like, oh, I, I would like to go to the Olympics and her just being like, okay, I'm going to hold you accountable to that. And, um, you know, a little bit of tough love sometimes, um, but definitely what I needed, you know, to push me. 
And that senior year, I, I mean, I just have to ask about you guys won a national title. Uh, did was that was that a goal heading into that meet? Um, I think it was just we started the year off kind of like acting as if that's what was going to happen, um, and just you know, everything was very revolved around that meet that moment um of you know in in practice if we have three sets of something it would be like okay this is day one day two day three um and a lot of kind of like visualization being incorporated um into our everyday training um and i think a big thing was the team chemistry um everyone you know no matter what role they they everybody knew their role and everyone was contributing in their own way um, and I think that's, you know, really at the end of the day, what makes a team successful. Um, and I just think we, the, the main thing I just remember is just, we're just having a lot of fun. Um, it was kind of like, you know, this is our time to show off all the hard work that we've put in. Um, and I think for me, what obviously not, ju not just the fact that it was as my senior year, but I came in as a freshman and we also won that year, but I felt like I didn't contribute much. Um, and then to be able, you know, my senior year to win or to be on that winning relay and also, you know, score individual points for me, I was like, oh, yes, I contributed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that what a way to go out. Um, but it's, I, sorry. What, how did, how do you see, you said everyone had their role and everyone kind of knew their role. The chemistry was really good. What did mm -hmm. you view your own role as on that, on that 2015 team? Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, part of it was also being captain and kind of what I, uh, how I, I think it's how I decided I wanted to show up. And I think it was a lot more like lead by example. Um, so I would say, you know, for me, it was just the everyday, how, um, how I showed up, how I supported um, my teammates, how I listened to them um, and tried to encourage them. I think, um, I think that, I mean, I hope that's <laughs> the role that I played. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so again, a great way to go out your senior year. And I mean, really come full circle, like you said, from winning a title as a freshman and, and feeling that, you know, void of, I didn't contribute as much as maybe I wanted to, to, it sounds like you contributed a lot, uh, that senior year scoring individual points on a winning relay. And, and then, and then you have the Olympic year. Um, and so, t I mean, t tell me about heading into that Olympics, um, what you were expecting and, and what that experience brought for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just, so excited, um, you know, that whole summer um, in the lead up. Um, and I was just really excited to race. Um, I, so I think this is where I felt a little bit like at the actual Olympics. I mean, I had an amazing two weeks. Um, and for me, it was really just a celebration of, you know, the years of hard work. Obviously I wanted to perform well. Um, I didn't necessarily perform as well as I wanted or I thought that I could have. Um, and I think that's kind of, you know, looking back on it now, I think physically I was really, you know, I was there, I was in shape, but I think it was like the mental side of, you know, like um, 
you know, even if I had qualified with an A cut, I still felt like, oh, I don't really belong here. Or like, I'm just <laughs> like, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but I think there was very much of maybe I didn't embrace what it meant to be an Olympian yet. Um, and even, you know, a few years after I was still quite uncomfortable sharing with people that, you know, what I do, oh, that I'm a swimmer. And they're like, oh, so like, you know, are you trying to go to the Olympics? I'm like, oh, you know, actually I've already been, like, I always felt quite uncomfortable sharing that. Um, and so a lot of my work has been, you know, since then, in, you know, I took some time off and in my decision to continue, it was like, okay, if I'm gonna continue, you know, there's um, a lot of work to be done. And, I, you know, I still enjoy swimming because I still feel like I'm learning. Um, a lot and I'm still gaining something. And so for me, you know, this next or this cycle has been about the mental side um, and, you know, building confidence, embracing what it means to be an Olympian. And also, um, you know, I think for a while this Olympic um, status kind of, I felt like a burden, like every time I race, I need to be at like Olympic level fitness, um, which is like very not <laughs> realistic. You know, you can't be um, at that level all the time. So that's kind of been my work since, since then. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if this was on the podcast or maybe us chatting before, but I, I know you mentioned that, you know, after Rio, you would kind of in your mind planned to be done swimming. Um, and you took, you took some months off and then you decided to come back. What, and, and I think you mentioned you had unfinished business, but tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, what, what, you know, you had gone to an Olympics, uh, which is a huge achievement. What more did you want to accomplish just in the sport or just personally? Yeah. So I took a few months off. I think I was burnt out, like physically, emotionally, mentally, um, kind of like went through a, Oh, I hate swimming. I never want to be in a pool again. <laughs> um, and then I think having moved back to Hong Kong, um, I, I think I, I have a platform here where I can share my experiences, um, share my journey. And I think that, um, you know, quite empowered me to just continue to share. And I think in that and kind of reflecting upon my journey, I realized like, you know, why I like swimming and what it is about swimming that, you know, motivates me to, to continue. And I think one of the things is always that I learned very early on was, you know, I want to swim if I'm swimming for me and for myself. Um, and so there was a time where I felt like I was swimming for other people, or there was a time where, you know, I felt like this is what I should do because I'm at this level. Um, and I think it took a lot of, you know, figuring that out. Um, and then now I think it's less about performance goals for me um, than it is, you know, I, it's just about enjoying the process and being present. And, you know, I think because I'm ending soon, it's kind of, you know, I want to end it on my way. And, you know, Terry, at, my coach at Cal always just said, you know, at the end of the day, you don't really remember your times um, or the place you got. You just remember the memories that you've made and, you know, the moments with your teammates at, competitions and in training and so I think it was hard when the Olympics was postponed because I was like oh my god another year of training um, but it's also been quite you know testing on like okay if this is 
about you and what you want, you know, how do you want to, you know, end, end it in a way. Yeah. And <clears throat> so tell me about developing that ability to be true to yourself and to follow your own personal journey, because, you know, it, I think certainly from a swim fans perspective, at the end of the day, it is about times and it is about yeah. medals. And I think so many swimmers get caught up in that because that, right. That's like, that's what you're chasing allegedly. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really hard sometimes to stay in your own lane and to focus on your own journey rather than the journey that has been spelled out for you by, you know, the media or so many other swimmers before you or whoever. Um, how, how have you developed that skill of keeping it about your personal swim journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think um, a lot of things, like, how, how should I say it? Well, for one, you know, I think I've been asking for help. So I started working with a sports psychologist um, and that's been very helpful. And then I think a lot of things is having to put into practice a lot of the skills that I learned at Cal, um, but just in a new environment. So, um, you know, in Hong Kong, the setup is a bit different. Um, you know, the age range of the swimmers is different, the training, all that. And I think you know, if I, I had to be quite assertive and vocal about, you know, how I want my training to be, which was very difficult for me to do. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think by now I do know, you know, things that work for me, things that don't work. And um, I think it takes a lot of self-awareness. So, and of course there's, you know, open communication with my coaches of, you know, this hasn't been working, let's try this, or this used to work, let's try that. Um, so, and I think for me, you know, why, I mean, of course I'm still competitive and I, of course I do care about the times, but I think when I think about the times that I've um, performed my best or had the, you know, that have been what I would consider successful swims, I was not really worrying about what time I was gonna go. It was just more, um, you know, you have fun, you show up, you, um, you know, it's like time to show your hard work. And I think if you can go in with that sort of mentality, then the time kind of ends up being what you want. Um, and I think it's just lots of experiences in the last years of swimming where, you know, I go in, I'm like, okay, I need to get the A cut. And then it's like, oh, so far off. And then you're like, okay, I'm just going to swim and have fun. And then it's like, ah, A cut. <laughs> so um, I think, I mean, and at least for me, that's what works. You know, I think, you know, there are other athletes and other swimmers out there that may be more, um, you know, technical or maybe more, um, you know, time-based. Um, but for me, this seems to be what works. Yeah. And I mean, is have you been in a situation where, you know, for example, you need to make an A cut or you're shooting for a certain time or maybe a certain place and, you know, the, that starts creeping in. Do you have ways now to, of dealing with that kind of, you know, of those thoughts or that kind of pressure? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, that was a big thing for me you know, even just 
earlier this year was, oh, it's getting closer to the Olympics. Like you still haven't gotten your individual A cut. And I could just see like being like very anxious and like at competitions, I'd just be like so focused. Like I wasn't even having fun. And I think that's kind of where a lot of the work with the sports psychologist has come into play is just noticing when you're having those thoughts and then having, you know, little tools or little skill sets that once you notice that, how do you reframe it? Or, um, and that's, I think, been a lot of the work that I've been doing, um, but it's very individualized. So, you know, what works for me might not work for someone else. If you're comfortable sharing, what what does work for you? Yeah. So um, I do, well, I guess it kind of depends on like how I'm feeling. Um, But most of the time it would be feeling anxious about, oh, I need to get a certain time. And I think part of it is like, once I notice the thought, I have like a counter thought to it. Um, And, you know, that counter thought kind of comes up kind of the day of. So I can't really tell you what right now. Um, And then a lot of stuff too is, um, you know, knowing how I can be. So if I feel like I'm getting too in my head, I'm like, I ask my teammates like, Hey, can we just, just like talk to me or like distract me? Um, And then other things um, like breath work. So I work with a guy in Hong Kong um, with who does breath work. Um, and then kind of have different, you know, if I'm too excited, I need to calm down or if I'm too calm and I need to, so kind of those kind of strategies that I can, um, like, you know, use when I need. Ah, that <clears throat> sounds like a, a whole different pursuit outside of the pool, <laughs> but very applicable to what you're doing in the pool, mm-hmm. which is really, really interesting and really cool. Um, yeah. And so, so to, to, to bring this full circle or wrap this up, heading forward, um, what are the next couple weeks, couple months, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty, but what is, what does the immediate future look like for you just in terms of training of maybe competing and, you know, I guess, I guess, uh, maybe outside the pool as well. Yeah, so um, I'm right now, the Sports Institute went into another training lockdown. So um, I decided not to join um, just because it's the holiday season. And, you know, I don't really know when the next competition is. So in talking with my coaches, um, you know, decided, you know, just take a few weeks break um, and then kind of restart regroup and restart thinking for next year. Um, Hopefully we will have competitions, um, but as of right now, I don't really know what um, that'll look like. Um, And then outside of the pool, um, I actually, I'm I'm kind of like starting to explore different things, um, just maybe in preparation of for when I'm done um, training. Um, I actually did a master's um, last year, so, um, in industrial organizational psychology. So a lot of it was kind of interest in um, like sustainable performance and promoting not only physical and mental wellness, you know, in organizational settings. So whether that's in corporate or education, um, especially in Asia, because um, mental health is still, and mental wellness is still a bit taboo here. Um, and 
I, you know, with my background in psychology, I think that's quite an important thing that I would like to be involved in, but still don't know in what capacity. Yeah. So it sounds like you're looking at options. It sounds like you're staying fit and and still have (laughs) that goal of, of 2021. What, uh, so when you, when you take a few weeks break, do you, do you, you know, stay active? Do you have things you do outside of the pool? And if so, what? Yeah. So, um, I go hiking a lot. So in Hong Kong, there are a lot of really, really great hikes. So that's one of the great things is the outdoors here. Um, so I've tried to get into running, but I really can't. <laughs> I think it's a swimmer thing. Um, yeah. But just definitely staying active, doing a lot more yoga. And um, yeah, but still like this morning, just went for a little exercise and sometimes going to the ocean to swim. So, um, yeah. Nice. Uh, well, Camille, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk with me for a little bit. Any parting thoughts before we sign off? Um, I don't know. It's <laughs> just, no, not really. Thank you though. It was really lovely to talk to you. Yeah. Th- th- thank you. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.